Well, do you want to yeah. fake it? <laughs> fake it till you make it. Let's, is what they say. So let's let's have a casual conversation, and it this sounds like us. we didn't know the mics were on. Oh, the mics aren't on right now. No, totally not, not until we actually get into the show. No. Yeah, that makes it feel like a normal, <laughs> like a more natural sort of lead up. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Measuring Flicks. I'm Carl Hartley. I'm Max Peterson, and this is uh, week two of. Westerns oh, month. Yeah. Oh, fucking hey, man! And you know what? It's also uh, John Ford. It's John, our. F- oh, is that, and, what John, <laughs> and what is John Ford Maxwell? John Ford is the director of the film that we're watching, uh, 1962's "The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance," yes. starring John Wayne, Jimmy Stewart, uh, Andy Devine. <laughs> I forgot that he was in this yes. until I heard that. Like, oh, Mister, oh, oh, Mister, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's that guy. Oh, it's that guy. <laughs> it's the fucking loud whiny. Oh golly! I love his voice yeah. though. Ooh, I love his voice so much. Uh, you also have uh, uh, Lee Van Cleef, Lee. which is one of the best bad guys ever. I had and never he, he heard says his name. like five words in this movie. Sergio Sergio Leone. Sergio Leone loves him, and he was in Wait, like Escape from New York. He, he played plays, Hawk. Yeah, who does he play in this again? He plays. So he is the oh, I the remember tall, yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of rat like looking henchman to Liberty. Uh, the one that Bird said was stunningly attractive. The hot yeah, the hot one. <laughs> the hot yeah. one. The there hot. The hot of the, the game. The hot of the, the game. Hotter, Mr. Hottie McOtterton. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, that's oh. Lee Van Cleef. I actually really, I There's really liked Lee his character too. Um, Lee Marvin plays Liberty Valance. Yes, um, but I the great Lee Marvin. I really liked um, Lee Van Cleef's character. He stops. Valance twice yes, from, killing from killing somebody, which I I I only noticed I've. Um, Back in college, part of the reason that we're doing westerns, besides the fact that both Carl and I adore westerns, yes. I took a, uh, in college. I took a, a western analysis class where we ana- I analyzed western films as works of mythological American art. It's super. It was super cool, and it it rewired my brain not just how to look at westerns, but how to look at films. Mm-hmm. It's probably why we're doing this podcast yeah, right exactly. now. Is that class fucked my head up like so beautifully? Um, before we get into the yeah. film, though... Did we say that it's the man who shot Liberty Valance? Yes, it's the man okay, who shot Liberty Valance. <laughs> um, and if we didn't, we mentioned we mentioned Liberty Valance five times, John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart. Fair so, enough. Um, we should be able to piece that together. Before we get too far into the movie, uh, we just want to let you know what you're listening to if you're coming to it for the first time. That's a good, that's a good idea, Max. Yes, it is. Um, since I wrote it in giant capital letters, premise <laughs> on top of my notes for this episode... Uh, so Measuring Flicks is a, a film appreciation podcast that Carl and I are doing. We're going to watch four movies a month, uh, one, a, uh, one a week, uh, all on a specific theme or topic or maybe an actor or a director mm-hmm. like next month's Nicolas Cage. Right. Um, this month's Westerns, last this month, month was March Madness. March Madness, movies about Nicholas, madness. Right, so we, there is a through line or a theme for each month. Right, we're doing a Sofia Coppola month. So anyway, mm-hmm. every four months... No, every three months. Yes, yeah, quarterly. Quarterly. Every three months, uh, Carl and I are going to take all the movies that we watched that quarter, and we're going to have a shootout. We're going to measure the flicks. Uh, we're going to see which one is the uh, the the 
comes out on top, the, stand out, the cream yeah. will rise. And then at the end of every year, we will take those four films and have a final shootout to determine what was our favorite movie of the year. I can't wait because we're crossing <laughs> genres and eras of film. It's like, it's not what's the best Western, what's the best one this year. I mean, we're looking at movies from the 60s, current. Well, I, I mean, mean just think ah. about it. We're watching, like, we're going to watch The Searchers and then we're going to watch Valley Girl and Kiss of Death. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like yes. we are we're going f- far and wide and we're I'm uh, feeling really good about Valley Girl winning this year. <laughs> <laughs> um I I like I like stacking movies willy-nilly. I like a grab bag of yes. movies because every movie that we've watched so far has had its strong points mm-hmm. and I'm curious, I'm really excited for our first shootout episode yep. at the end of next month. I'm going right. to be super fucking stoked about it. So anyway, that's the premise that uh, we we're doing. Just talking about two guys that love movies and want to want an, another excuse to watch them and then to talk about them and share thoughts and ideas with all of you. Right. And one of the big things that sold us on doing this in the first place was the idea that we could watch movies that were weird, mm-hmm. movies that people probably might not have probably haven't seen or might not have seen, arty movies, strange movies. Mm-hmm. Um so a lot of right now we're doing westerns, but I found that lately westerns I've not met a lot of people who've seen this film, which is stunning to me. Yeah. Stunning to me because everyone knows the quote: "When the legend becomes fact, print the legend, or whatever." Right, like, and that's... in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Bird uh, Bird pointed out we did a Butch Cassidy last week. If you missed that episode, go check it out. It was a lot of fun. Um, uh, I got boy, I got vision, and the rest of the world's wearing bifocals. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of famous quotes pop out of these movies. Yes, and I don't know. I think I think westerns are underappreciated, and I'm glad that we're covering them. And what a what's the last good western, western that's come out? Just like as a what can you think of last five years? Name me a, a western that you five really... years. The last great one that I saw, I think, was Unforgiven. Probably oh, that's what I'm like. Uh, well, the outlaw Josie Wales is that? Like, oh, not, not uh, outlaw, the, 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 the the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. That was yeah. an exceptionally good western. But I think that's about it. That might be the last great one that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's uh, we just watched one the other day, Bird and I, but it, it wasn't that awesome. <laughs> and it was made in uh, Switzerland or something. No, wait, where's... Um, the Revenant wouldn't be considered a Western. Is it? It's a Frontier movie for sure. Oh my God, wait. I can think of two off the top of my head. Go. Fucking idiot. Uh, Django Unchained oh, Jesus and Christ. The Hateful Eight. Both of those are fucking awesome. Ah, but those don't count. Those don't aren't count. movies. Those, those are Quentin Tarantino Things. Which is a different thing altogether. Oh my god! Well, everything he makes is awesome. Yes, I want him to do another western. <laughs> I really do. I'm just sad that Domergue wasn't in the man who shot. I know Liberty Valance. <laughs> I know all of the Domergue that we've been stepping in the last so month and a half, and she's not in any of the westerns. <laughs> she wasn't even born when this was happening, probably. Sixty-two. No. Yeah, this one's sixty-two. This is fairly old. Um, well, uh, under this movie, we got uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart. Stewart. I love Jimmy yep. Stewart so much. God. I don't want to meet the person that doesn't like Jimmy Stewart. Seriously. Not an American. Nope. Not a human being. Not a human. You don't have a soul. I had this conversation the other day with someone. Uh, I said that if if I run into somebody and find out that they don't like Shakespeare, I don't even bother to say goodbye. I just walk away. You're not worth my fucking time. Bye. (laughs) Um... All right, where do you, where do we even start? With I say this with film? this one we start just in the beginning. Should the we prim- give this one? We should probably give a bit of an a overview. bit of an overview because that's what I was thinking. Because when halfway through watching this movie, I'm like, wow, this movie is about a lot of things without stating that it's about a lot of about things. about anything. Yeah, it's about the. 
and the, the structure of an era, so right? It's like just before the railroad and then right after the railroad came through because they go to armpit, not armpit, um, shinbone. shinbone. Jesus. The, the state is never uh, defined, but right. it's like sort of anonymous Western town of shinbone. It was a state before it became a state. Like in when he starts, we to, see it before it's right. a state and then we well, see the it after. The movie opens with in, in the present day, quote unquote, right. for our characters where Jimmy Stewart is old. His wife, everyone is aged right. and he's returning home to shinbone. He is a United States senator he's a very successful and popular one at that and it's news that he has come home he has returned to shinbone for some reason we discovered that to bury a friend local boy makes good local boy makes good as promised to his good buddy that well, nobody really I mean, remembers i mean right. that story the, oh right that's well, why yes that's why everyone's so they're like hey it's that senator who came who from came? our little podunk exactly. town so everyone's excited they get the newspapers because it's it's news and story right. and you get this sense of time has moved on the railroad's been here there's a school now and it's not the, the town and every the the main characters are are sad there's this the sense of time has gone by and and there's just this forlorn nature in about our, all of them. our main characters, our main characters. which I sh- we should point out um i didn't we should i'm gonna start writing down character names but uh, no. um rance really rance stoddard is jimmy stewart ransom, he's yeah. the ransom stoddard he's the uh He's the lawyer who came to town when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Pompey, who is um, the like the helper. He's not like a slave. Yeah, Bird or, asked, right. and I was. I, I remember the first time I watched it. It's not clear, but uh, I think he works for Tom Donovan. I don't think that he does. He's, yeah, he he's, was maybe a slave a at some hand. point and, and was freed because Lincoln is is clearly seen on the walls a lot. And several so. characters where, um, yeah. So this this is post Civil War yeah. because we find out Lincoln is dead mm-hmm. um, in that one of the later scenes. But like so, several of the characters still wear their military uniforms yeah. from the civil war but yeah so um pompey is uh like a he's like a the farmhand yeah so in the present in the present day that's how i wrote it down but uh in the present day we have jimmy stewart his wife um Pompey, uh, and, Pompey and the original sheriff. Yes, uh, and they're all there to honor this uh, man who's died, Tom, Tom Donovan, Donovan, who's played by John Wayne. When we go back in the past, right. um, Tom Donovan is there's there's really no way to do an an, an outline of this movie. I, I'm more the more we talk about it, the more right. I'm realizing we're just gonna have to talk about the movie yeah, and I know. beg people to see it before we talk about it. But um, one of the things that I wanted to point out right away is and this is something i remember from the class that i took it was a big discussion point of this film was shinbone itself when we see shinbone in the present day the train rolls in on and Mm -hmm. uh, jimmy stewart gets off and he compliments the conductor that the train's been on time right he's like well everything's punctual punctual um a local newsboy there's a telephone who's real excited there's and, and what we see in shinbone the new shinbone is it's very quiet. It's Music Manny. It's like when you get to Gary, Indiana. I've never music, seen Music Man. Oh, fair enough. It's that clean, quiet, everything is clean. Like, but it's almost weirdly melancholy in a yes. way. There's no one on the streets. There's it's like too quiet. You don't. Yeah, it's silently quiet, mm-hmm. and there's like beautiful houses everywhere, and the streets are clean, and then you see like two people, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much just our principal players. There's no. There doesn't seem to be any life. There's no traffic. It feels there's like no... a lifeless town. And then they they go, and the next thing we see is Tom Donovan in his coffin. Mm-hmm. The, the, Where are his boots? 
Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. That is such Wouldn't a great get his belt line. On him well, he says, what does he say? He wears his boots and the, the corner goes, oh, well, they were an awful nice pair of boots. And Jamie Stewart goes, get his boots on him yep. and his gun belt and his spurs. Yeah. And there's an important line that comes right after that. But my God, that this is this, this is the, uh, last week we did a very light fun Western, mm-hmm. but this is a, this is what I would call a capital T true Western. Absolutely. And one of the things that I love about them because it, because it's an outdated sort of idea in our modern day, it's, it's a, it's an almost like honor and, and, uh, dignity yes. and duty, those sorts of things feel like dinosaurs in our modern day, but to I s- felt that immediately when that, when Jimmy Stewart said, wear his boots, like put his boots on him, get his gun belt on him and his spurs. I'm like, Jesus, man, we've lost all that. Right. Like now, yeah, <laughs> like all of that, that whole idea of like, we're going to bury him like a man. We're going to bury right. him with his guns and his boots yep. like that. That's that doesn't exist anymore. And when you see it, it touches it for me. It it like it lights or touches or or like flames this this like deep part of my brain that I feel like has atrophied where I'm living. Like it's like when you watch 300. Yeah. Right. And you see like all these people like dying for a cause. And you're I mean, that's part of the reason that men I think that men make war. Right is is that weird there's i think there's something in our nature that mm-hmm. want that admires duty and honor and right. and oh man i don't know but that there's there's a line right after it that um andy divine says he hasn't no uh he didn't carry no handgun rants hasn't for years yeah and in some way after you see the movie that just makes it so much worse yep. because imagining <laughs> Imagine, the hero hung up his gun. Well, like, imagining John Wayne's character, like not carrying a gun because he doesn't need to anymore because his mode of life, his, his, his gone on, his, it's moved on. Uh, we're not going to watch this movie, but I would highly recommend to anyone who hasn't seen it, a film called Shane at the end of the movie, Shane rides away, not because he doesn't want to you know he's dying but he right. rides away not because he doesn't want to stay with that family that he loves it's because he's not, he's needed, not needed anymore. anymore that that character that way of life that type that's gone away because it rides that whole idea has rode off into the sunset right, right? it's like that's why shane is so fucking powerful and <clears throat> they that's i think that's why they used shane as like the primary touchstone of um uh logan mm-hmm. is because logan eventually becomes unnecessary exactly you don't need the wolverine anymore right? and when <laughs> and when john wayne's character when we find out he doesn't he hasn't carried a handgun in years I know, man. Like I can see it in your eyes and I can feel it well (laughs) enough in mind. Like the, 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 the idea, then there's something kind of beautiful and poignant about the idea of, of hard men doing hard work or like, or the necessity for a time for violent men Mm -hmm. who then have the dignity and decency to to walk away when they're not needed anymore. It's a, it's a thing that just we'll come back to again and again with this movie and but it's then you so also powerful. have those westerns where where the man has hung up his guns and then he needs them again right like, that's I'm, my other favorite like, <laughs> like oh shit like oh, given which we're going to be those watching are the best ever when they're like it, yeah it's literally the i'm get. i thought i was out i thought i was I'm out. too old for this shit <laughs> yeah. but i gotta ride one more, one more time <laughs> Give me my six guns. <laughs> Those are fun too, but, but they're but not as is, they're not as poignant though, no, right? No, no, no. That that's just you're setting up for a fun action piece, right? Like you're like, oh, it's an, story, it's yeah. an old 
old man and he's going to be shooting people. But this movie, it's like the old man had no one left to shoot because... And he, he died of old age or whatever. Ostensibly, I mean, yeah. yeah, or possibly alcoholism. For a hot second, I thought he was in the hat box that she was carrying. I didn't, it was, <laughs> is Tom in the hat? Is he in the hat box? Did he get burned up in a fire? Is he? I was like, oh no, it's just um, the cactus rose. God damn, there's another great line. Andy Devine, mm-hmm. um, when he's the bumbling Oh god, sheriff, he's almost... He uh, no, he, he toes the line so well. Too much. He has a, for me. He has that. He has a the perfect sense. We talked about it last week with Bush Cassidy, but we'll, we'll let's let's do it right now. All right. Um, when Andy Devine is the old sheriff, he's quiet and subdued, yep. and his line delivery when he's sitting with. God, I, why do I forget the female characters' names? I feel like such a shit. It's because they don't they don't flesh well, them out in these, these movies. In these movies, the female characters have always been like quote unquote. Even the directors in the yeah. documentaries, like they're yeah. the boring ones. They're like, really you, tertiary characters. It's like it's not we're assholes because we don't remember their names. They're, they're not probably said once. They're not given a lot. They're not of, given a lot. They're, they're not given a lot yeah. of time. Yeah, but um, watch they say her name like fifteen. This times movie, in the movie more than any the, other. Yeah. <laughs> I love how assholes. I love how brash and like shouty she is. She's oh yeah, awesome. She's running a kitchen in the Wild West, man. She has to be. And I mean, having you, both. I still we work were, in yeah. food service, but watching her go, I'm like, yeah, you can't be fucking Dude, around. She's got plates to run. Those, she's got to turn those some tables. Are some real weeds she's dealing with too. She is in the weeds. Holy she's the only server. Fuck. She's yeah. the only server, and her kitchen's understaffed. Yes. She's got two people. The dishwasher's just dicking around reading a book. <laughs> right. She's firing steaks left and right, and the beans are never going to be done on time. Never. Potatoes it's... take forever. She's fucked. She's so fucked. She's so fucked. And that's a full dining room. It's a full dining room. She's looking at like of a fifth... drunk asshole. She's looking. That's a small place, but she's looking at like a. And 50 those count. are not small steaks. No. She's cooking either. That's a that whole was fucking the biggest cow. steak I've ever seen. It's the size of my like chest it's and every... shoulders. Yes. Did you see the pan they were cooking that shit in? Yeah. The handle on that pan was four feet long. Yeah. That was fucking awesome. I love. That yeah, but seriously, if she doesn't get the she just she doesn't get some tables turned, she's gonna be she's gonna be trouble. oh my god, she doesn't have any bussers or anything, dude. No runners. Oh my god, she doesn't have any bussers. No, no food runners. Nothing. Where's the maitre d? Who's seating these people? No one. They're coming in and sitting down at dirty tables. <laughs> like I hate do. when people seat themselves. Know, right? Oh, I hate that so much. I'm like, I haven't even had a chance you're to gonna, clear this. Yet. You're gonna be sitting there for a while. <laughs> I haven't even cleared that yet. God, I can't, uh, can't believe, like, no, the entire scene when they're, we'll get distra- back. Did it stress you it out? It stressed me the fuck out, dude. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, there's so many people in her dining room right now, and she is so Also, fucked. and she's sitting back there talking about learning to read. She's I'm like, learn to read tomorrow. Learn to read tomorrow, lady. You're not you going to get full dining You're not room getting right your now. 20%. The steaks aren't running themselves. I was really impressed by her triple plate carry. I noticed that, too. The huge ovals Those that plates carrying. are yeah. fucking massive. And they're probably made of lead. Those are, yeah, like, big a big plate like that is yeah. hard to carry with one hand and she's got one and one she's stacked triple stacking she's them. triple stacking those yeah. plates I was very it's impressed like, by that yeah bravo madam I, l- I actually really like that scene because of like the restaurant the yep. aspect because because not much has changed in the restaurant world no, really it's you this, gotta deal with those drunks pouring out of the bars and you gotta get all your shit like you gotta go the lingo is even similar yes it is she's like I need another steak but on the she, cuff when but she's I'm like, walking around with fly. that huge fucking knife I'm like she never called behind her sharp one yeah, and she, I'm like, she's gonna stab a motherfucker. Not, she didn't like, call corner when she's coming through the safety door. Safety checks are going fucking crazy. In my also, brain. blade up. What's that? Blade about? up. What no, are you no, no, no. Blade down towards yourself. You call sharp, yep. especially when the kitchen's flying <laughs> like that. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then you got your fucking yeah, your dish guys just sitting there reading the fucking book, <laughs> kind of kind of pre-scraping the plate. That guy's fine. Yeah, and God didn't even scrape. I, that's what's what's why is John Wayne allowed in the kitchen? Seriously. And also, why is he just throwing the coffee cup in the dirty <laughs> into water? The dirty water. Ah, oh, no, you he didn't you didn't even pour it out. Now no. the water's all co- oh, <laughs> coffeeed up. Gross. But yeah, so in the beginning. That's the kind of thing you can expect from measuring flicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but I, I wanted to... God, I don't even know if they'll remember, but we were talking about Shinbone of present day yes. and how sterile, yes. weirdly sterile it is. I'm, I'm going to hit three things and then we'll dive back Perfect. in, but I just I got to get these out because I want to lay them out because it's a big part of how I come to this movie. Excellent. When we... The first flashback we see... Jimmy Stewart they're like so how do you know this Tom Donovan guy and the movie is Jimmy Stewart telling this story to some journalists oh he realizes the stagecoach the old beaten down dusty stagecoach is probably the same one that is the same stagecoach that brought him to town town. so there's a kind of a nice I've read some interesting film theories that Jimmy Stewart makes this whole thing up I was thinking the same thing that this this whole movie is a story being the, told. It could all be fucking whatever he it wants. It could be to whatever say. he wants it to be, and he like you that's know that's a problem. There's a problem. moment where he sees movies like these, where he sees the stagecoach. He's like, this might be the same one. Well, well I think well, it, it is, is the same. same. Now I come to the movie that it's all true. Yeah, me too. And but I, I thought interesting. I thought it's an interesting it, theory that this might just be a politician telling an interesting yarn to some journalists right. like these are not even reliable storytelling people no the our, our core group but okay so modern shinbone very sterile nobody on the streets it feels weirdly dead yes first flashback we see crazy fucking saloon crazy tavern everyone's losing their minds a bartender kicks a guy out yep. in the street and he stumbles right back in it's your wild west main street there are mexicans everywhere in town yes there's there's even a mexican saloon right next there's to a cantina there's right a cantina the right next to the bar. saloon yep. um we see later that andy divine's wife is mexican mm-hmm. and he has like Loads of Mexican children. The town is like flush. It's like 50. I would say it's almost 50, 50. Oh, easily. If not like, more, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's really racially diverse yep. and it's lively. And in that opening scene, even though there's drunkenness and people are throwing mm-hmm. glasses, there's no, we don't see any violence. No, it's this rowdiness. It's rowdy. It's really alive. Then when Jimmy Stewart's character shows up to town without a, without a second thought, three people, help nurse him back to health and give him a job and let him stay there. Yes. Even though he has no money and no one knows this dude that contrasted with modern Shinbone in a weird way. That progress, that like taming of the West is to me presented not as necessarily a good good thing. thing. I I took that away from this. Right. Like the, the, the shin bone that we spend most of the movie with is so lively and alive. And the other thing is the emotions of people. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much, everyone feels vital and there's a weird stilted, like, like the moment someone starts talking to Jimmy Stewart in present day, he turns on. There's mm-hmm. a character immediately. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I'm going to write a letter to some congressman. Right. But back in the day, he was passionate and fiery. Yep. And he's like, nobody fights my battle. You know? He's young. I mean, he is passionate. I mean, he is so it's young and full of life. I would, I would argue that this movie, in the way that Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid 
sort of lamented the loss of the colorful American folk hero. This movie almost laments the the entire. It almost laments the death of the Western yeah. in a way, or of the Wild West. Of the Wild West. There's we'll go because right. Wild doesn't always mean violent. Right. It doesn't always mean it's not always bad. Right. People were looking out for each other. Everyone was. Everyone was at least like engaged. Shinbone was a melting pot. It was 50-50 Mexican and American, and having there is there not was a no single Mexican in modern Shinbone. There's not. There's hardly nope. people nope. in modern Shinbone. They're there, but they're in their little boxes. Yeah. And uh, God, it's it it hits so hard when you because when you see it, you're like, oh look, it's Shinbone, and then you go back and you're like, wow, this looks rowdy. But when you have to come back to modern Shinbone in the end. There's something there's something missing like because you've seen what it was and now it looks like you took all the things that made it what it was away Mm -hmm. and turned it into like a housing development or something. Right. There's now the last thing to be said about sterile and comfortable, but there's no heart like there's no is it okay to be dead inside? Right, 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 right. It's that, that squashing and crushing thing. I think that this fluoride, I think this fluoride in the water, (laughs) it's baby carrots, it's interlocking pedophiles. (laughs) (laughs) And that's actually relevant to our show because we talked about, um, Oh shit. What's his name? Uh, Infowars. Uh, I can't remember his name. Alex Jones. Oh, we yeah. talked about Alex Jones during the Scanner Darkly episode because he's the street prophet. That's right. <laughs> so my Alex Jones impersonation is fitting. Um, they're the last one of the last lines of the movie, though. This is the, I swear I'll get off this after this. But we've so we see lively shinbone yep. and we see this weird sterile shinbone and there's that beautiful line. I I love the dialogue. I love the script to this. Mm-hmm. I love the writing here and the wife at the very end. Jimmy Stewart's wife says. This place used to be a wilderness. Now it's a garden. And then she goes, aren't you proud? And the way she says it, she might mean like, look what you've accomplished. But she also might mean like, aren't you proud? Aren't you proud? Look at, remember what this used to be and look what it is now. She, I think there's a reading of that that is totally supportable with her performance. That's, that is in line with my own, which mm-hmm. is, I don't like what's happened to Shinbone. Right. I think that this movie for 1962 this was during the civil rights movement. The yeah. Beginning of it, right? Yeah. But this, and there's a, there's a very clear oh, civil rights scene with Pompey. Yeah. yeah Pompey. Pompey. <laughs> Pompey is. He's a, not, a, he's not he's Greek. Not, God damn it. He's not a volcano. God damn. What a, that, well, let's jump to that in one second, but I just sure. want to finish my thought on the, uh, the like sterilization mm-hmm. thing, which is, I, I feel like this movie in 62, almost like, calls now it It, does in so many ways dude everything from 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 uh, ransom not wanting to carry a gun to like practicing in secret a couple of days a week right he he has to have a gun getting worried about gunslinger putting up his gun like the there's a lot of like what is violence what is necessary what isn't it's a really interesting analysis of violence Mm -hmm. um do you want let's jump to the the civil rights thing okay yeah because i think it's interesting that it's it's again it's this whole movie is a contrast between Shinbone. Did we then, say that we don't really know what time period that we know that's after Lincoln died, but we don't know really where we are. It's a it's the where we are isn't a state yet. Right? It's not a state yet. It's an open territory. Right. Um. They eventually go to capital. They vote a delegate, which they want to represent them in the in oh, their it, quest for statehood. For statehood right. But we don't know, and they don't even they don't even mention what state that is. He even no. said he says like uh, state senator something on like the, the south Congress, of the picket line or whatever. Right, like, but, but we don't know what exactly, where exactly we are. Right. But what we do know 
is that in the Shinbone that we are taken to in the story, there's a huge population of Mexicans. Pompey is like a, a, a well-respected member of the community, yep. even if the bartender does give him shit near the end when he comes in to mm -hmm. collect John Wayne. He says, Pompey, you know that you can't, and John Wayne, who says he who can't? Who says he can't, right. Have yourself a drink. Um, which again... It, like we, what we see is we see John Wayne do two things. We see John Wayne stand up for Pompey. Yes. As far as like integrating him into the bar. So but we fantastic. also see John Wayne telling Pompey that he can't, why, what's he wasting his time in school for? And yeah, that's interesting, right? Well, right. And, but go, go back and work on my fences. Go back and work on my, he's like, we got horses that need feeding and you're yep. wasting your time in here. And he, he discourages, but we see him do the same thing with the woman that he loves. Exactly. What do you, you know, what like, are you learning to read for? Uh, yeah, I, I wrote down the exact line. I can't remember what it was. Fuck. But um, yeah, she was. She, he's very patronizing. Mm -hmm. And I think it, that one of the things that makes this movie so interesting is the contrast between John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart. Obviously, mm. obviously, they are flip sides of the same coin. Absolutely. But seeing him. Uh, you know, like you're pretty as a as a cactus. Oh, flower. she's always she's like, like oh, I love you. You look pretty when you're angry. Like he says that to her a couple of times. Doesn't like, take her seriously at all. No, not at all. It's actually kind of it's it's super patronizing. Super patronizing. You know, you're real pretty when you're angry. Like I'm not accepting that you have any thought in this at all, or that your anger towards me has any validation. Yeah, he's, he's you're just real pretty when you're angry. He just like, invalidates uh, her opinion, right? So, and but the asshole. weird thing is, is he's he's like. Like, oh, you're so pretty, and I'm a strong man. And right. Here's my cup of coffee, and my, my you got to get yourself a handgun. And you're right. like, it's John Wayne's playing the Duke. John yep. Wayne is playing the pinnacle of John Wayne ness. Yes. Because he defines that Western character. Yeah, overly masculine. He's almost. the archetype, like, yeah. basically. He's the actor who formed that archetype. And Jimmy Stewart is playing more of a Jimmy. St they're perfectly yeah. cast because yeah. they're responsible for, for these those Western tropes, yeah. right? Um, so when he comes in and he's being all la la la, and the the girl that he loves is like, oh, he's so mad, and you can tell that she loves him. But mm -hmm. part of her is in that liminal space. She's literally in between John Dude. Wayne's world and Jimmy Stewart's world. Because when she gets pissed and he's like, you're awful pretty when you're mad and he walks away, you can tell that's not, that doesn't that cut doesn't it with her. She's with like, her at all. she's still, she's not like, oh, she's a silly woman. She goes over to Jimmy like, Stewart and she's you. like, can you really teach me how to <laughs> right. read? Yeah. Can you, you know, like, or like goes over to Jimmy Stewart and is like, do you really think that we can do something about Liberty Valance? Mm -hmm. And John Wynn's like, you don't ever want to do anything that doesn't involve shooting a man with a gun. Right. And Jimmy Stewart's like, no, never, never use a gun never there's no there's never any reason for violence right you know and she's torn between those two those two men we see later when he's like he tells her i don't want he's like i don't want you coming to school anymore either and she goes you don't own me yeah which given the given the conversation we just had about civil rights which we glazed over and should probably right. cover come back to that yeah because it's a very important line there's that's... a there's a beat right before that where we literally are fairly blatantly talking about how slavery doesn't exist anymore mm -hmm. and the new law of the land at least ostensibly is equality for all men right and uh john wayne it does not live in that that world yet and when he comes in he he's like get back to work pompey and then he's like and you i don't want you going to school anymore right. and she's like go fuck yourself exactly 
to you death. Don't, you don't owe me. However, however, when Jimmy Stewart goes running off to practice shooting his guns and she finds out that uh, he's going to fight Liberty Valance, mm-hmm. she goes to him. Yep. Because reprehensible as some of his behavior is, this is still the Wild West and his character archetype his the strong man is still necessary yes so she uses that resource eventually he will become unnecessary and it will break our fucking hearts but right now for now needed right now so to talk about the civil rights thing so this was in 1962 when this came out right Mm -hmm. so john ford um intentionally so i think uh, had this little bit of business happen in the film when they're in the school scene. Right. And Pompey is asked to recite, there's a declaration of independence. Yeah. He, right? he talks about the constitution. The constitution. And Jimmy and so, so he, what he can't remember is the, is the part about that all men are created equal. And it, he says, and it starts with, and, and he <laughs> quotes the beginning of the declaration of right. independence. It stops. Just before the all men are created equal part. And so somebody finishes it for him, and Jimmy Stewart, almost under his breath, says, Yeah, a lot of people forget that part. Or something like that. He says, uh, It's it's not quite. He's reciting the Declaration of Independence, and someone leans forward to help him. And Jimmy Stewart says, Let him alone. Like, let him him figure it out. Don't, you know, you don't let him figure it out. And he can't get it. So Jimmy Stewart finishes it and says, And all men are created equal. And Pompey says, I knew that, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Rance. I just plum forgot. And Jimmy Stewart says, that's all right, Pompey. A lot of people seem to forget that part. Right, yeah. It's fucking like so on the it's nose. It's like right there. It's like this it's, the movie is talking about the thing that's happening right now. It's right? sitting, so. yeah, it's sitting right right out in the open. And then the next thing we see is John Wayne it's come John in. John Wayne come and in. And say, right. get back to work. And I don't want you learning either. He, he in, a, in that scene, he comes to represent that like weird old guard way mm-hmm. of thinking. Yeah, and what's it with a fifty-year-old playing a kid with a sucker? There's the so the one <laughs> yeah. that's actually supposed to be a kid. Is that actually supposed to be? a kid? Yes, I was reading a little bit in the trivia sections what? on IMDb. Yeah, yeah. it's a fifty-year-old dude cast is he's supposed to be a child. What with the with the sucker and everything? That's really like, weird. Yeah. Well, later in the movie, I think he. Uh, I don't know if he actually is meant to be a kid. I think that's that might be someone. Maybe he'll read into that a little too I much. Think people or read into that too much because yeah. there's a there's the joke later where there's a grown man at the bar and he's like, but he's always like, uh, the, he gets dragged in when he's playing hooky, you know, and right. he's fishing off the bridge, right? And he's like, well, you, aren't you going to whoop him? And he goes, I'm too big, because that, that I think that guy's meant to be like 30, and they're kind of mocking him because he was he's childlike, he was truant, yeah, and right. childish, right? So even though he's like a dude in his 20s or 30s or whatever, I think maybe sometimes people are just stupid, like, no, he's childlike. He's actually in his 30s. He's not a 50 year old playing a kid, right? And and John Wayne has a, a bit with him later when they get to the vote he uh he grabs him off the bar and says get out of here you're too young to vote right. and he, the guy's like 35 <laughs> right. fucking years old i think it's just that he's like very he's childlike, very childlike yeah. so everyone mocks him you know mocks his uh, and there's no drinking during parliamentary procedure no it's uh <laughs> the bar's closed i love how often they come back to that tag like they could have let it stop on like right. the third, but that guy just keeps going for the bar. And John Wayne is relentless. Is that, uh, Peabody, what's his name? Peabody, the, yeah. yeah. Peabody, uh, you know, I'm your, I'm your dog that howls in the injustices, and I'm, I'm, what else am I? The town drunk. The town drunk. <laughs> it's such a heartless thing to say, but 
But to talk about um, the difference between old shin bone and new shin mm-hmm. bone, everyone laughs. It's yeah. fine. It's even Peabody doesn't seem to be perturbed by it. It's everyone has a weird camaraderie with everyone else. There's a there's a sense of it's community, a community, absolutely, and connectedness that vanishes in the present day. And even in. I mean, they've got a real big problem in town being Liberty Valance, yes. right? He is he is a not just a bully. I mean, he's murdering son of a bitch. If it wasn't, he likes if it to hadn't been for what's that actor's name? Uh, Lee Van Cleef. If it hadn't been for Lee Van Cleef, he'd have killed, he'd have killed Jimmy Stewart yep. and he'd have killed Peabody. Yep. Um, so we get to understand that I think is Liberty Valance like hired by like the the later. cattleman later. Originally, to, he's just like he's a, just a bandit, right? He's just a bandit guy. Um, and the and town sheriff is he's just too afraid to stand up to him, and it's weird because they're in a territory, they're not a state, so the state can't help them out with like right and resources. It, we do to find out him or through Jimmy Stewart's character that it is the sheriff's responsibility. I think that casting Andy Devine as the sheriff. In contrast, when you put Andy Devine in a position, uh, an ostensible position of power, right. in contrast with John Wayne, who's just a, an old member of the community, right. that's genius because, in a weird way, Andy Devine represents the type of world or the type of sheriff that Jimmy Stewart's character will eventually lead to. Right. I, I don't, I'm, we're speaking broadly and we're speaking about ideas. So don't anyone get offended. But we're, what I mean is Andy Devine is a weak man mm-hmm. in a position of power and that weakness and that reluctance to action. What does he do? He eats all the time he eats, and yeah. that the scent of danger, he runs away. Yep. So that reluctance to action and that, that abhorrence and fear of violence makes him completely ineffective at dealing with the problem. Mm -hmm. John Wayne's character, who is often overbearing and patronizing and violent, there's a great bit at the beginning that establishes exactly what John Wayne's character is. It's when Jimmy Stewart's laying in bed and they're tending to him. And John Wayne says, go on, I'll take care of him. And she goes over to like, I think she starts cooking or she yeah, goes and gets some, some hot water. Of, yeah. And John Wayne wipes one side of his face and then to turn his head to wipe the other, he slaps him. Yep. There's no gentleness. No. To John Wayne's character at all. Like, and he doesn't do it maliciously. It's nope. not like, bah, but it's just... He's got to turn no his tenderness there. No, he's, he's, he's like, got to turn, turn his, his head. head. Bam! So he just he slaps Jimmy Stewart lightly in the face to turn him over. There's not there's not an ounce of gentleness in him, and it's so obvious that if you made John Wayne the sheriff character, there would be no problem. There's no problem in this world. Right in this West, John Wayne is the he's the man that this town needs. Now, he's the hero that Gotham needs. He's the hero that Shinbone needs. Um, but no, th- at the end, the, the 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 titular shootout with Liberty Valance. The first time we see it, we see Jimmy Stewart and he calls him out. He's he's getting yeah 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 he, he gets shot he calls he calls liberty valance out kinda yeah. <laughs> it's really the sh- oh, i'm gonna it's the sheriff's fault yeah. he's basically just like tell liberty valance i'll be waiting and he's like he's out there with a gun in his hand and liberty valance is like well self-defense yep. anyway valance comes out toying with him shoots shoots a vase shoots him in the arm tells him to pick up his gun 
with his other hand. Right. You got another hand, don't you? Pick up your This own. time right between the eyes. It's it's an, it's a a disgusting scene. Yes. You you couldn't hate Liberty Valance Liberty more. Liberty Valance more in that moment. He's fucking and the whole movie. He's fucking awful. He's a great villain. Yes. Really great performance. Lee Martin? Lee Marvin. Marvin. Mm-hmm. Um and then what we think we see is Jimmy Stewart shoots Liberty Liberty misses his shot because he's drunk as fuck. Yep. And Jimmy Stewart shoots Liberty Valance dead in the street. That's yep. what we think we see. But if we believe the events of the film, which I do, yep. what actually happened is John Wayne, the upstanding... He's the white hat. He's the perfect white hat. Yes. He's the upstanding, honor-driven, he's noble... The angel on his shoulder in this particular instance. Well, I I actually disagree. But we'll do... Well, we'll get there in just a second. Um... He's in the alleyway. Neither man has seen him. He's in the shadows. And he calls to Pompey for a rifle. And at the moment when Jimmy Stewart fires, John Wayne shoots Liberty Valance with a rifle. And you understood that he's the one that made his shot. Right. They don't really provide any evidence, but we just take it as read that that is in fact what happened. Jimmy Stewart's dog shit with his pistol and he missed (laughs) missed Liberty Valance. (laughs) And John Wayne shot him with a rifle and shot him dead. So... At the end of the movie, Bird Bird watched part of this with me this mm-hmm. morning and asked why John Wayne was so upset and drinking so much. She's like, is it because he lost his girl? Is that it? And I was like, I don't think so. John Wayne's character, this whole film, has been an honor-driven man with a strong set of principles, which are in line with what we think of as good guy principles sure. in the Wild West. What he did, shoot a man... Who didn't know he was there? Oh, from, fuck! I didn't from think about cover, that. which is cowardly. It's not out. It's not two guys out in the street. It's not. It's not a fair draw. It's not a duel at all. No, is it? that's not sh- honor bound. He that's shot not- him from cover without his the guy he kills ever knowing he's there and not with his pistol either which is with the tradition with a rifle he shot him yeah, like a dog. To aim. Yeah, he like shot him. In a barrel. He shot him like a dog, and the first thing he did. He goes. He goes to the restaurant and sees that the girl's crying over Jimmy Stewart. But I, I argue strongly yeah. that that is not at all what drives him over the edge. He just violated every single thing that he held true. Probably or dear. why he hung his guns up too. I mean, a good part of the reason. Put it. Yeah, he put his guns away. Yeah. And I mean, the thing that I always come back to with this particular movie is, uh, I think I don't think that John Wayne did it to save jimmy stewart or because liberty valance was a bad man because we've seen that john wayne is a fucking dev- stands up to him and doesn't care well he's a, and he's a he's a killer with a gun man he's devil yeah. de- he's whip quick again he he doesn't even draw liberty valance is, tries to draw on him and john wayne's able to get a full sentence out before liberty gets his gun clear because he's so fucking sharp-eyed and fast mm-hmm. so if he was gonna if he wanted to kill liberty valance he could have he just does it he yeah. calls him out in the street and he shoots him down fair fight eye to eye with your enemy and he sleeps fine at night mm-hmm. i think and i think that the movie supports the reading is that tom over time has come to understand that jimmy stewart and his way of life are an inevitability and that it's a more stable existence, a safer existence for that girl, for the woman that he loves, and that it's it's the future. He sees the future happening, and he pushes it towards that. He mm. he recognizes that Jimmy Stewart is not to go to Batman again, but he is the hero that Shinbone needs to right. come into the modern world, and 
he fucking he would the way that he does it is he he breaks every, everything he betrays that he everything in. that he stands for oh my god and you know what's really horrible yeah. is that whole like that whole like shooting with a rifle from cover thing if you go back to bush cassidy which we watched last week i wish we had rifles well the uh the whole thing it's they're they're wild crazy pistol gunfighters but what eventually stamps them out is a bunch of soldiers with, with rifles. rifles and now yeah. what do we have we have john wayne who is a former soldier and still wears his uniform jacket shooting a man from from cover to from an accomplished goal rifle, yeah. he becomes essentially the future it's so it's so sad it's so sad and so dark but man is it it's yeah. beautiful though it and essentially really that the whole movie is just that i mean that the story is very simple right there's the town on the edge of tomorrow hallie her name is hallie, hallie. excellent <laughs> Sorry. lawyer gets almost murdered by the bad guy in uh-huh. town lawyer moves to that town the bad guy the, the bad guy gets taken care of and then the future so there's very little actually happens in the movie it's all the it's a it's, it's a simple plot but a complex story yeah, exactly mm-hmm. yeah it's like because there's a lot of things that are happening that that are just understood because like you know we know that it's before this place becomes a state and they're having to they're in a real liminal they're in a space, real yeah. liminal space and it's like so it's the things that aren't happening that that in that I don't know. That makes shit. What the fuck am I trying to say? Because, um, like, honestly, because I'm the kind of person that I think maybe because we haven't we haven't gone to a movie together yet, like a new movie. No. So my my girlfriend will tell you this about me. Like when I go to see a movie, a lot of times I'll have a, uh, an immediate um, reaction to it. Mm-hmm. I love it or I hate it. Right. And I'm the kind of person that I need a day or two to like think about it and mull shit over and a lot of times yeah. my my opinion will completely change once i have a chance to think about it right it had been many many years since i've seen this movie probably 20 plus i was probably in my 20s early 20s the first time that i saw this mm-hmm. and hadn't seen it until now mm-hmm. my first reaction when this movie ended i was enjoying it when i watched it and like right. picking up on things and and but i was like wow that not a lot happens in this movie <laughs> It's a lot of well. I actually wrote it. I wrote it down. Um, this movie uh, is just a t- movie is a whole lot of drinking, yelling, and throwing shit, and Lee Marvin whipping people and just being a real asshole. <laughs> that does. Um, but it's I mean, there's a lot of melodrama. I was talking to my sister a little bit about ever, it yesterday too. This s- is one of her favorite movies. Yeah, and because I was kind of being like the modern person about like it's a very quiet movie not a lot happens um you've got to have a conversation like this in order to really like appreciate what the movie's about but if for someone you've just sit them down not telling them anything about what movie they're going to see like wow there was a lot of like yelling and drinking and throwing of chairs leave marvin's a prick and and jimmy stewart didn't actually shoot the guy I and know. like I, I came at it differently uh, this the f- uh, th- I thought this movie when I I'd seen it uh, eight years ago mm-hmm. and I saw it again this morning actually I finished it again for the second time but uh, I was captivated the whole, pretty much the whole time a lot of it is Jimmy Stewart's performance yeah. and ju- seeing how Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne play with each other play <laughs> play hockey <laughs> you know what I mean though, yeah, literally I do, yeah. like the the way that actors will play mm-hmm. um, and they're such a jarring fit. Like there's a there's a certain like there are actors who are very complimentary. We saw it last week. Robert mm-hmm. Redford and Paul Newman. Oh. They're like they're like two they're like a pair of gloves, right? Yep. But 
like Jimmy Stewart's like a silk glove and John Wayne's like a boxing glove. You know what I mean? Old worn leather work glove. As actors, they don't they don't fit and that contrast, that clash is was really interesting to me. The first two movies I ever remember watching I'm, I'm including like Disney movies. My my dad growing up had a really eclectic taste in films. So the first film I ever remember watching, my one of my first memories, in fact, is watching Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai. And the second movie that I remember watching, I may have watched Lion King around the same time, but my two distinct early movie memories are that um, and uh, Winchester 73 with jimmy stewart oh wow so those i think are my first two films that i ever saw so like part of my brain is just geared towards that more languorous nuanced approach to filmmaking um there's a the bit at the end when they go to the the delegates right there's that speech where he says um uh where peabody's giving a speech and he says the uh, the cattlemen ruled and their rule was the rule of the hired gun Mm -hmm. but now like that, and I think the the implication there is a very rarefied atmosphere, a wild place of of a few strong men and the the couple that are lucky enough to hang on. But now he says the people are coming. Yes, the hired gun and the people are different things in Peabody's speech. The hired guns aren't people; they're like wolves or they're like the front runners. Mm-hmm. And I think that that the the people are coming, the towns, the schools, our children, blah blah blah. And he talks about basically like quaint towns, like Eastern America's coming yes. west. And I think it's important to point out that Jimmy Stewart is shocked that no one can read, but Tom Donovan can read. Mm-hmm. He reads the sign, and we find out later that Liberty Valance, Liberty Valance can read too. Mm-hmm. And every no one in town well, because can, of the newspaper article that he reads the headlines he reads the headlines so i think that that's how you pick out the the those rarefied men that peabody's talking about eventually everyone in town can read everyone in town Mm -hmm. will be able to read but at this point there are the the reading is the exception the exceptional few so i just had like a, a moment of of like not clarity, but so when Peabody is drunk, he's going to get more booze and he's walking back to his print. He's, he is reciting the St. Crispin's day speech from Henry V. Yes. Just before he gets almost beat to death. Yeah. And the Crispin, the St. Crispin's day speech is that's, you know, famous for the, the band of brothers, like all that, that's where that comes from. And it's about, it's just, it happens just before Henry V is taking his very small army up against the huge French army. Right. So it's like, and it's also sort of like the past meeting the present and all of that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, and the men that will hold their, their manhoods cheap that weren't here to like the whole, like being a man and what's a, a, like, right. That whole, like, holy fuck stand and yes. Yeah. Once more dear friends. Well, that's once more into the breach. That's a that's whole a other, different that's speech? a different speech. Okay. Yeah. That happens much earlier in the play, but, but yeah, that, I've only seen the YouTube clips. Fair enough. <laughs> but you know, the St. Crispin's day speech is essentially Henry V is saying is like all those men that are back home in their comfortable beds that aren't here with us today to bleed and die are going to hold their manhoods cheap that they weren't here. Mm-hmm. Like they, they will, they will be alive, but 20 years down the road, they'll be like, I am a fucking worthless piece of shit. Cause I didn't stand with my brothers and try and, and defeat this huge army. That's, a thousand times bigger than we are. By the way, they ended wow. up winning Henry V. Ended up oh, okay, they didn't. But they didn't get wiped out. Okay, so not, it's like a, re- like a reverse three hundred kind of situation. kind of yeah. <laughs> but but how appropriate is that? That that is a speech that drunk 
Peabody is is referencing when he just before he almost gets beaten to death, and also against the superior force, but in a broader sense, it it's the theme of the film mm-hmm. essentially because Peabody. When we find out is when uh, Jimmy Stewart gets back to town, Peabody's dead. Peabody's not around anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's some new young sharp dress. That's fella. right. That old. Oh golly, Mister! I need to go ahead and. Well, that's the young reporter, but the the new oh, owner. Oh, the new owner. The of new the, owner yeah. comes over too, and he's like young and slick back hair. He looks like a politician. Yep. But um, that that old guard, the the people responsible, that old guard are all gone, and the ones that we see left are bent and. Frail and ghosts of themselves, God. and it's just all of those all those people who embody the the things that we think of when we think of like the the heroic old right. west. The you know like it it, it it's this you know what did unwashed you know and unshaven and stinky looking so real good. well yeah but you know it's weird I I hesitated to say it because nowadays when you say stuff like I'm about to say it it comes across as like chauvinistic Fair or anti-feminist but the or or like um or just old just like an it's an outdated way of thinking but that idea of manliness as like a man stands up and does what's right or a man is strong and protects those who aren't you know like when you say stuff like that people are like oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay and it's man a triggering sort what of a man can't be yeah. sensitive right but and but that's what we're saying mm-hmm. in a way is and that's what this movie's saying is that, that idea way is of going manhood away. Yeah. is becoming unnecessary as the wilds have all become Clean gardens and sterile right everything's a garden now there are no more wilds to tame so we don't need lion tamers anymore we don't need men who are like strong men who are willing to do violence they're unnecessary they're they're in a relic of an older age Mm -hmm. and that's it's weird because this and i think that the saint crispin's day i haven't heard the speech and regret it enormously but i think from what you've just how the way you've just talked about it they all did in this story they all went to war and they beat that superior force and they got the peace at the end of it and they hold their their manhood proud but it doesn't this flood comes behind it and it doesn't matter because they've won and now they're done and they're done they're and it's over shit yep yeah i i mean man goodness what about so uh, yeah, this movie's fantastic. I need to go back and it's watch it when I'm not film. as tired as I rewatched it's it this last time. But um, but there's something that Danielle came in um, towards the end, but maybe halfway through, she um, she came in and was watching it with me. And it was she the scene where they're actually electing the delegates to represent the statehood, mm. and Peabody has his speech. But then that the guy on the horse comes up with the other guy that they want to elect, and he stands up holding the sign with his name on it. The horse goes up on stage, lassos the guy, and it's yeah. this big show thing. And Danielle looks at me and says, "Yeah, and that's how Trump was elected." <laughs> <laughs> I said almost the same yeah, thing, like, <laughs> not during the horse, but when everyone was yelling yeah. and like, "Oh, that's right!" And they're yep. pushing each other. I'm like, "Look, it's modern politics." Yeah, exactly. So I found that to be interesting. It's like, huh. <laughs> Not much has changed that way. A couple it's other little not, notes. You know what? To, all across this movie, not a lot has oh, changed. Oh, not a lot has changed. This, In fact, it's frighteningly so. It's bizarrely. Mm, I have almost like we need to. Uh, I don't want to say this without getting like internet flame, but like some of them kind of want to put the the belt back on, right? You know what I mean? Like I, ugh. that. 
we should get Bird to talk about Westerns someday. Right. Maybe a Patreon exclusive. Absolutely. But, um, we were talking, and she said that what she doesn't like about it is it's tough guys acting shitty right. and that behavior being glorified. Being glorified. And I would there are, agree with that. There yeah. are a lot of Westerns where that's true. I don't think this is one of them. Mm-mm. And I think that the best Westerns don't treat it that way. Like like the hotel? What? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like Tommy Wiseau's The Room, the best Western right. of all time. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Um, no, I, I think that there are Westerns like where... Like glorifying the, to be that kind of person, you have to be a gruff sort of asshole about well, there it? Well, there are like, there's the Grindhouse Western and right. the really bloody spaghetti Western where the hero can slap a woman and, oh, sh- and right. shoot down a bunch of Mexicans because they're Mexican. Like mm-hmm. movies that paint with a broad brush right. can really great and, can re- and do often. I love Westerns, but there's nothing fun or pleasurable mm-hmm. or redeeming about watching a movie where a guy's like I had it with these goddamn brown you know and they right. shoot yeah, a bunch yeah, yeah. Of, no I completely agree right so but but at their best westerns to me John Wayne's character in this we can both agree that John Wayne's character in this is an ass Oh yeah, it's a fucking patronizing ass. Yes, but he is. What what this western does to me is when you when you look at the western as though it's painted with a finer brush. John Wayne's character embodies a certain set of characteristics which are extremely appealing. He has some character flaws for sure, but you know, like ultimately, he sacrifices in a way. He sacrifices himself for mm-hmm. the greater good of his community. He by committing a cowardly. Un- dishonorable act right. which shatters him emotionally but that's the new way right which is so fucked up to say but that's the new mm-hmm. way it's not dealing with a problem in an honorable strong way and dealing with your problems head on it's just there's a rent there's a there's an issue that we have to deal with let's just deal with it in the most simple fashion right. there's no need to be strong if you can just be sneaky Ugh. i know it's so frustrating it but, makes me nauseous but that's what i like about about the western is it it portrays characteristics that i find to be appealing and that i find to be good honor Dignity, mm-hmm. sense of duty, sense of community. Sense of community is a huge one. Because in the future, in the, in the present day of present this day film, of right. we don't see a community. We see a series of boxes and there are maybe people in them, but we don't know we because don't know. there's no one out doing anything. But when we're in the past, there's there is absolutely a it's community. It's alive. Yeah, it's it's roiling. It's a roiling mass of people. And think about how often people help each other mm-hmm. with with no expectation. Like you said, like Jimmy Stewart, the first time he arrives in Shimbone, they don't know him. He doesn't know them, but they nurse him back to health, give him a job and a place to stay. Right. And every trans, every interaction we see in modern Shinbone is transactional. Mm-hmm. The newspaper reporter talks to Jimmy Stewart to get a story. Likewise, with the owner mm-hmm. of the newspaper talks to Jimmy Stewart to get a story. The Undertaker, who's burying tom donovan all Stole he's doing boots too all he's doing is complaining that he's not going to get any money for doing it because the county's burying him right. everything in the future everything in the present day is all about commerce yeah. it's all commerce when jimmy stewart first showed up to this town he had three people like that helping him out yeah oh my god it's the death it's 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 a movie about the death of community for the sake of it's it's a movie about the the death of of the soul of America for the sake of progress. Mm. And it's fucked up. So I have some fun things. Oh, good. Let's do that. What do you got so for me? So some fun little trivia. So, um, <laughs> so this is the first film that, uh, that John Wayne refers to someone as Pilgrim. Really? 
Yep. Wow. Um, and he refers to Jimmy Stewart almost exclusively as Pilgrim. Uh, Danielle brought up the fact that if you were to play a drinking game where you did a shot every time he refers says, says Pilgrim, Pilgrim, you would die from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> in fact, it got so bad at one point, she was in the other room and said, Jesus, he called him Pilgrim again. Say Pilgrim one more time. Say Pilgrim one more fucking Pilgrim. God damn it. <laughs> But yeah, so this right is up the, to the end. Yep. Yeah, so this is the first. Um, this is the first instance of, of okay. John Wayne saying, uh, referring to someone as Pilgrim. All right. Well, I have some fun trivia. Go for, for it. you. I'm glad we're lightening this up. At yeah, the we very have end. To. I was like, about to cry. This is like I was about to cry. Brilliant movie. Um, it's so good. Um, uh, Liberty Valance's last hand of poker is the aces dead, and eights. Dead man's hand. Yep. Notice that. I'm like, oh, he going to die. <laughs> Now, is that a John Ford thing? Where did that originate? Because I, I I know that that's a dead man's hand. Yeah, that, but, like, that I don't know where that came from. That came from famously. It's a real. Uh, I'm not super up on my my historical outlaws, but that came from an actual uh, American outlaw. It might have been Wild Bill Hickok. Okay. I, if I'm right, I'm going to be so proud of myself. <laughs> but I know I know the story. I just can't remember which face, which name to attach okay. to it. So uh, he's playing cards. And he gets that hand, aces full of eights, it's a full house, it's also called the dead man's hand. And someone at the table accused him of cheating and he was killed. Either in a knife fight or a gun, or, or he was shot in the back. Mm-hmm. One of those two. But his his last hand, this famous Wild West outlaw, is an actual historical. Like this yes, happened. It's not, a his, not from a movie. No, right? no, no. Just this is a it. this is a historical poker hand of a famous poker player and American outlaw. And his last hand before he was killed was aces full of eights. So that's where Dead Man's Hand comes right. from. If, it, it pops up. It's a nice little Easter egg in a lot of Western movies, especially. Yeah. yeah they, John Ford liked to use it. And I think it, it's... I think, unless... I might be wrong, but I think it popped up in Casino Royale, too. You know, I think that... Oh, fuck. Is it the is that the last hand that he has before his, the poison before takes the over? Poisoning? I'm not sure, but... I, I'm going to have to go back I and look at so. that now. I'm almost positive that Aces Full Eights shows up in that movie. I love it. It's like the Wilhelm scream of cards. It is. It's... <laughs> And you know what? Can we just take a moment? I fucking love card game scenes in movies. I love them too. I love watching yes. people play poker in yep. movies. Yep. I love it. One of the Gangster best, movies. Yes, Westerns. one of the best ones, if I, if you don't miss from childhood, my uh-huh. sister and I used to like play this scene out with water and shots and stuff. It's the poker scene from <laughs> From the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. <laughs> Never seen it, but okay. Oh my god! So it's a super old movie. The, uh-huh. Not the the new one with Ben Stiller. This is like the original, the OG one, the OG. But he, uh, Walter Mitty's having a dream about being a, a riverboat gambler. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my and God, Carl! Awesome. I, I want to be a riverboat gambler. Oh, so we, fucking that'd be bad. amazing, right? The long cigars, like, but he runs out of money, and he's like, he doesn't have anything left to bet with. He's like, and the deed to my plantation, like the whole thing. I love it so much. This way, in the way he like scoops uh, the the chips and stuff and throws them in his hat, and like, this is the most amazing thing. I want to be a riverboat gambler. And then the movie Maverick, when that came out, it was just like the it was like. Riverboat oh. gambling porn for me. It was like, 
Is he gonna call the card to the top of the deck? Like, just I just love that. Like, Some even of, like modern ones too, like rounders, like anything that has to do with like uh, cards, gambling, like write rounders down for a movie that we need to watch. Okay, by the way. hold on. Some of uh, but I'm just thinking like for those of you playing along at home who love movies as much as we do. I hope there are people who love movies or, or into movies what, like this us. is what this podcast is about. But. I just I talked I think I talked about it on the last episode. I watched a movie uh, a spaghetti western. Tarantino recommended it on uh, Grindhouse Database, which yeah. you should all check out. They're not affiliated with us in any way, but they're great. Um, in that movie Hellbenders, part of the movie is one of the they have they end up one of their members of their gang kills the woman who's playing their widow, and they need to go get a new woman from town. And there's a female card shark playing in a saloon, and she's fucking cleaning out these two dudes. And one of my favorite parts of that scene was the money. They pull out these big oh, wads, the huge wads of yeah, and the money is like the size of a sheet of paper it's like these giant fucking bills and they're as thin as newsprint yep oh my god just something about like watching people fumble money around like stuff yeah and he comes in and he uh yeah i think he figures out how how one of the guys at the table is cheating or no that must be no the guy the cheating one is from another movie with a similar plot <laughs> sure. called, how could you get those confused if you meet Sartana pray for death but which also has a great card fucking scene Love in it. it if I ever shoot another movie man there's gonna be at least one poker scene in there hard to shoot there's a lot of continuity to keep continuity track of with it. poker scenes is tricky I, uh, I read somewhere that when they're shooting those um, when they're shooting card game scenes they use dictation like chess dictation. Oh, okay. You know how you can like me- or yeah. write a chess game yep. by yeah, it's like a K3 to yep. blah or whatever. It's the using the grid and the They yep. use a po- they use a card notation to note the starting position of the deck. Wow. And then who has what cards, who lays them down in what order so that they'll shoot like they shoot try and shoot as many angles as they can, but if they have to recreate the game, it's all there. If and they have it. It's oh, that's genius. So they they actually you would have to. They rehearse playing the same hand of poker over and over again how wild is that that is wild but yeah so something about something about a card game on screen love it do you have anything else for uh the old uh not for the man who shot liberty valance uh i was feeling like there's one more thing that i want to talk about as just like a more light-hearted thing obviously the quote when the legend becomes fact print the legend is like that's the whole thing right where uh at the end of the movie Jimmy Stewart's telling the newspaper guy that he isn't actually the one that shot Liberty Valance. It was right. Tom Donovan. And the newspaper man, who's all about getting the story, throws the article away. And Jimmy Stewart's like, why in the hell are you throwing that away? This is a good story. He's like, no, this is the this is, this the, is the West. West. When the legend becomes fact, print the legend. Like, you're not going to do any good. Like, it was kind of like that. You know, Batman, Christopher Nolan stole that again. It's like, that's like well, isn't well, that the hero that got part the Part of me... Part of me just this came to me just now, and I'm not sure if I'm mm-hmm. maybe going down a, a wild goose rut or whatever the saying is. Mm, I'm making that, new that's sayings. A, that's a thing. I don't fuck around. It's not with, going a wild I goose butt. I don't do cliches, Carl. I make my own shit. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> I make my, we all make our. Own think shit. about we do, but think about it. This is the West. When the story become or when the legend becomes fact, print the legend. What he's essentially saying is, in this West of ours, the truth doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, yeah. Reality is what you make it. And that is antithetical to what John Wayne and Old Shinbone stood for. Right. This, in this new world, it's all spin. Isn't yep. that fucking gross? And that's where we are now. A world of spin. Hmm. Oh my God, it's literally fake news. <laughs> it's literally fake... <laughs> 
No, seriously. <laughs> that's what this this movie is about. Fake it's news. Fake news. Jesus, it's mm-hmm. inescapable. You can't. Nothing changes. Never, ever, ever. Um, I wonder. Do you think Jimmy Stewart? I th- and now I'm just sort of pontificating. No, no, punt away. Do you think that? Uh, <laughs> you fucking punt. Do you think that uh, Jimmy Stewart told the story to? finally get it off his chest i think so i think that's the whole reason why he did to because mm-hmm. you can tell in the train scene at the end he's been living with it and his wife too i don't think i don't she has she i think they have a very cold and distant marriage i think things i think he changed enormously mm-hmm. and and i think more importantly the changes that he wrought on her right. this is where my roots are she says which right. is really interesting given that yeah. her her big metaphor well, was the she's wild the one in the that garden she so tom donovan brings her a cactus rose mm-hmm. in, in 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 the olden days and yeah. then she goes put a cactus and, rose on his casket she goes and gets one jimmy stewart house. asked did you are you the one that put, put the who, who put, put the it? cactus rose on tom's like, casket she did. said i did yeah what i think, I think there's a little bit of like did she choose correctly or because she is real she seems melancholy Melan- she seems almost muted. like ghostly in a way yeah. like she's just like fuck like not only is a good friend died you know what but else? she's like she seems she seems less like because in Shinbone, she's loud. Oh, yes. She's, she has one of the best screams on a lady. <laughs> I need a steak. Burn it on the cuff. She's so fucking loud. I love how loud she is in yes. this movie. But she, you know what it is to me is it's old Shinbone. She was loud and alive. And now she is, she has become a house. She is the box. She oh. is, you know what I mean? It's so, it's so horrible. But yep. the, the last line of the movie is is maybe the key to the whole film when he's you know like we we're doing all these things for you we're we're stoking her fast we're gonna gonna get get you on the express like the the conductor comes back and basically says like we're going way out of our way to do this for you mr stoddard you know and ransom stoddard lights his goes to light his pipe and he's like well you know i'm gonna write a letter to the congressman and tell you that you guys did a great job and the guy goes you bet anything for the man who shot Liberty Valance. And you part of it is the fact that they've just been to that actual man's funeral. Right. But the other part of it is no matter what he has done in his life, he's become a senator four times, an ambassador back to the Senate, Congress. He's none of those things he's to the, the people m- in the West. Nope, he he's is the man, the man who, who shot, shot Liberty Valance. Boom shakalaka. All right. Well, I got nothing else for this movie. No, I'm good. All right. This was this was one of my favorite movies that we've watched so far mm-hmm. for for I think that it's probably in the running. Yeah, right this, now. I, I mean, I we've we're, only watched maybe we're just, five six movies, but yeah, may, well, we've, this would be our sixth. Right. But uh, maybe we're uh, maybe we're just you know like uh, Monday morning quarterbacking or whatever. Right, or right. Sunday morning or what? What morning is? I don't watch sports. <laughs> 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 I read books on the American Western right, exactly. and d- d- delicate poetry from the Romantic period. But um, I this I would say this is definitely in the running for me. Yeah. Um, now that I've slept on, I'm like, no, I've I've been tainted by modern oh, damn. modern film. It really makes you look. We'll, uh, we'll be done now, but uh, it really <laughs> we'll be done now. We, we go di- we go by now, but it <laughs> but. And as as a man mm-hmm. watching this movie, it really makes you reassess yourself. Yep, it really does. You can't avoid it. It's like watching. It it's w- the, It's all. It's all there. 
Yeah. It was like when we watched Frank in season zero mm-hmm. and both of us are, are musicians and creative yeah, people. Yeah, just feeling like I haven't done shit. Well, not only that, but the you, it was the big thing that I took away from Frank was like create making art versus creating content yes and it you just sit there and feel like shit for yeah. a long you're like i could be doing i could be more pure than i am yes. i could be a truer thing than this mm-hmm. Ugh. but yeah the man who shot liberty valance highly recommend it definitely what a great movie time for some housekeeping you do the housekeeping i'm gonna i will key in when i feel like necessary yet okay okay <laughs> <laughs> If you guys like the show and if you want to hear uh, more movies, uh, as we mentioned earlier, we might do, we're going to do movies like Rounders. I'm yes. thinking Tombstone probably. Oh God, yes. Um, but uh, if you want to uh, do want to hear more content that's not part of our main seasons of our show, uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash Max Peterson, P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N. That's a catch-all Patreon for uh, this show, Measuring mm-hmm. Flicks, along with any musical projects, film projects, and things of that nature uh carl and i have some film projects coming up later this year absolutely um if you guys you know and obviously the show will always stay free and available to the public we're going to do four episodes a month they'll keep coming out we're getting way ahead we're doing really well but if you want more, you can go on to Patreon and get uh, access to our ill-begotten but awesome <laughs> conversation, awesome. Yeah. Uh, Season Zero. It's seven movies that we watched. It is seven? Yeah. Shit. When we first started uh, started out on this uh, on this dusty trail, uh, there's some great movies on there. Inglorious Bastards, Frank, we did Prisoners, we did... Uh, did Ghostbusters we, make we it? We did Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, the Ghostbusters episode's fun. <laughs> um, so you can get access to Season Zero. Um, we're we're also going to be doing bonus episodes. Um, we're going to be doing Patreon exclusives. Patri- Patreon exclusive bonus episodes. Uh, we're going to do stuff like we're going to do uh, modern remakes of films that we watch for the main show. Uh, if we watch, there's a modern Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh no, is mm-hmm. there? Ooh, maybe we should watch it. Uh, if <laughs> if we watch, say Friday the Thirteenth and the main show, you want to go and listen to Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, Part Three, Part Four, Part Five. <laughs> How many parts is there? It goes all the Jason Thir- in Hell. Oh my God, it's hard to keep Jason in space. <laughs> Freddy versus Jason. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and then the remake of the thing, like the new Friday, the new the Friday the Thirteenth. If you want to, we're, we're gonna do like big old binges of yep. shows. Of especially horror movies that have like an infinite number of sequels, that's where we're gonna put them. We're gonna do mini runs with special guests. Uh, we're gonna watch a, a series of action films or a series of horror movies with people who love and appreciate those genres. Um, bonus episode season zero shout outs on the show so you can find all that over on patreon.com slash max peterson mm-hmm. if you want to find out more about what carl and i are doing separately in our real human being lives Ooh. you can find carl over on facebook.com as carl hartley k-a-r-l H-A-R-T-L-E-Y. I'm pretty much off of Facebook because it's a soul-sucking <laughs> cesspool black hole pit from hell. I'm working on it. I'm on, uh, primarily, if I do anything, I'm on Instagram as actual Max P. Uh, so that's all I really have for our housekeeping. But you did very well. I'm so super proud I'm of you right now. You, you, you wrote it down and read it. I did. I read it and oh. I read it in an official sounding voice. And you did. All right. Uh, next week, we are going to actually Carl Vamp. I have to find out what we're doing next uh, week. We're going to do another Western. Yes. Clearly, it's either going to be The Searchers or Unforgiven. Next week, we are doing Unforgiven. Yes. And we are going to. Oh, we're uh, ending this month on The Searchers. We're ending this month on The Searchers. Fuck me. But it's fine because the movie 
after the searchers kiss of death oh god yes okay we're fine it's <laughs> we're another fine. palate we're cleanser fine. we'll be fine all right so next week we're gonna do uh clint eastwood's last western masterpiece i think yeah uh unforgiven yep. so uh until next time uh get on your boots your gun belt and your spurs